You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And Cam, I asked you earlier after watching this movie, why do we do this show again? <laughs> that was your first time. <laughs> why do we agree to keep doing this? Because some of these movies... But that's the question I ask every time. <laughs> yeah. Some of these... I guess we have a responsibility now. We've kind of set out on this this path but uh this is our mission yeah we've got a we got another movie for y'all this week that is certainly a choice by everyone involved <laughs> <laughs> um and we also have a great guest with us um she is a tv critic film critic journalist and uh has an upcoming docuseries that we're very interested in hearing about uh this is chauncey k robinson hi thanks for having me Thanks for coming on. Of course, of course. So I I asked you, and I'll ask you too, Cam, like, is this a movie that you had heard about before this show? Or is this just something that took you completely by surprise? Like it didn't me. I had never <laughs> heard of that this film before. I it said betrayed in 1980. I'm like, oh, it's the 80s. That should be interesting how they might go about this topic or whatnot. And uh, I saw the synopsis. I was like, sure, sure. <laughs> she's, she's gonna she's gonna fall in love with the white supremacist guy. I just know it. Uh, you know, and I like I said to you earlier, I'm like, what in the Harlequin KKK is this? Like it was like it had like that steamy romance lifetime thriller thing going on, but it's like they're burning crosses. So I was even the first five minutes of the movies, I was like, oh, this is a this is a choice. This is a movie. <laughs> For sure. Cam, had you heard of this movie? Um, I wanted to thank you, Chauncey, for picking it because I feel like we wouldn't have got to it <laughs> under any other circumstances. I wouldn't have known about it. We would have been all the better for it. But here we are, and we need to dissect these things. Um, no, I had never heard of it. I the only thing that I did know was that it's directed by Costa Gavras, and I am familiar with Costa Gavras only from my days working at Film Forum in New York City, and I had saw his Best Picture winning, by the way, uh, Z, which mm -hmm. is a film about uh, protests in Greece. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, and I recall the writer, Joe Esterhaus, as the writer of such classics as Showgirls. So I knew what I was in for. And <laughs> he also co-wrote Flashdance and okay. uh, was on the screenplay for Jagged Edge, which is which is very similar to this movie in that like sense of it being one of those cat and mouse like police and and you know possible serial killer situation but this movie mm -hmm. takes it to a whole new level um for those who are unfamiliar betrayed is a movie that came out in 1988 like cameron said directed by costa gavras uh written by joe esterhaus 
starring Deborah Winger and Tom Berenger, who you may remember from The Substitute, the movie where he went to the inner city and <laughs> beat up black kids, <laughs> amongst many other films. And it is about an undercover FBI agent who goes to infiltrate a white supremacist group um, after they have killed a well-known radio host. And her her mission is to kind of get the evidence and you know take these guys down instead she falls in love with one of the leaders of the group and uh lots As of one does messy drama ensues so uh cam <laughs> you said you got the five minutes i believe in you so i'm gonna go ahead and get the timer ready i'm, I'm gonna read as fast as i can this is the fastest i've ever read all anything right. all right all my third grade teachers be be darned <laughs> all right um let's go three two one go all right, so boom. <laughs> the trade opens with a uh, Jewish shock jock radio in uh, radio DJ in DC. I did not catch this guy's name. What was uh, his name? I'll, I'll Do look we remember? Go ahead. Right, well, the shock jock, you know, he's going off. He's going off on everyone. He's misogynistic, racist, you name it. Uh, after a long shift of, you know, spreading that anger, he heads to his car in the parking garage but not before he is gunned down right there. The Uzis came out, blam, blam, blam. And the assailants spray paint Zog on, you know, their victim with him in the O. And they peace out. They're gone. Cut to a young white woman in the middle of the Midwest. We got uh, Katie Phillips, Deborah Winger's character. She's driving a, combat, a combine, you know, harvesting that Midwestern corn. She uh, meets a young man, a farmer, Gary Simmons. Gary has a farm where he lives with his two kids and his mom. Everything's, you know, peachy keen. Gary is also a widower. And his, uh, the story goes, his ex-wife drove off to California, but died in a car crash on the way. As they do sometimes, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, Katie and Gary, though, they hit it off. By summer, they're kissing under the fireworks. It's looking good. Everything's great. They're, they're at the at the picnic, eating hot dogs with the good old boys. She's also taking a lot of pictures at the cookout. What's that about? People are asking questions. What's going on with that? Smash cut to, again, New York City. Katie pulls up to the FBI. Katie is actually Catherine Weaver, Agent Catherine Weaver. And she's been investigating that DJ, uh, that DJ murder and the ties to white supremacy. And it's ties to white supremacy. But she keeps saying she's coming up short. I'm not getting nothing from these guys. These guys are oh. run of the mill, your regular guys in the can, Midwest. Can I interrupt and real to quick? Make, she, she is, go she's, for it, go for it. She's getting something. It's not information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she well, getting she also, on the side. She also claims like, oh, they're racist just like anybody else. They tell black jokes. Yeah. They tell black jokes. That is that is her quote, which is also yes. wild because it's way more than that, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So we already excuse it a lot at this yep. point but to make matters and, and to make matters worse she's uh she used to be in a relationship with her superior agent mike the dad from home alone yes but uh but that's all over and she might be falling in love with gary anyway so who knows who knows it's all up in the air so boom kathy heads back to the midwest and she picks up right where she left off you know her mark gary you know, she, he's still none the wiser. Things are going well. In fact, he keeps asking her to go hunting. 
She's like, you know, turning them down, saying, no, I can't go hunting with you. I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm not really ready with guns, even though I'm perfect shot every time you see me just randomly shooting things. But don't pay no mind to that. Finally, she caves in. She goes out one night. And Gary and the good old boys are hunting, all right? They drive out in the middle of the forest at night where they've kidnapped a young black man, shirt off his back, and given him a semi-machine gun and 10 bullets. 10 bullets. And said, and gave him a head start. Now Kathy's horrified. She's like, "Oh my god, this, this is disgusting." This, she's screaming. She's carrying on. It's, it's like it's disgusting. It's disgusting as it looks. And when they finally catch this man, the group tries to coax Katie into killing him, doing the dirty work, killing him, shooting him, and she can't do it. She finally she says, "I'm, I'm out. I'm out." No, no, no. She's crying. She can't do it. But they do it anyway, obviously, and also in a very grisly manner. By the way, this is the hardest. This is a gross scene in the whole movie. They tr- it tries to be like the semi-artsy moment too, which is also kind of, mm, but let's not even get into that right now. So that does it. Kathy is on the first chopper back to New York. She's like, I can't, I can't guys. I didn't, I didn't know what I was in for, even though you knew exactly what you were in for. What, such a confusing answer, such a confusing way to react to something if you're in the FBI, it, let's not even get into that. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. I'm mad. <laughs> um, but she, she goes back to the FBI. She's screaming and crying. She's like, no, 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 no. I've had enough. But they're like, no, duh, get back to work and actually go get more evidence. So, you know, Katie's, Katie's going back to the Midwest. She's going to church. She's going to picnics. She's hanging with the kids. She's ingratiating herself even more. Hell, they even throw a full-blown weapons training hate camp. <laughs> she seems, and she's there, you know, like handing the kids guns and, and hot dogs, like lethargically, like, oh, guys, sorry, guys. Sorry I had to do this. Sorry you had to be a part of this. <clears throat> so at this hate camp, she hears uh, about the group's plan to rob a bank in Chicago. And Katie's like in the woods, very obviously, gets ca- almost gets caught too. Uh, she got, so she Not decides quite, to go with them. Not quite. Uh, I was, you, knew I the was end like, you got it. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. So Katie goes with them on this robbery and it goes off almost without a hit. She shoots a guard in the, in the shoulder, the black FBI guy, you know, he's there on his time, on his business time. He manages to clip a clip, a clan guy. Things are sort of looking good for the plan. Of course. The KKK plot, the white supremacist plot, goes all the way up the top to Washington. They're trying to get their guy into Washington. And the the money that they robbed the bank with is going to fund the campaign. So by the time Kathy figures this out, Gary's on her. Gary's summoned a chopper again in the middle of the woods and just connected him with all the, you know, exactly the information he needs. Turns out he finds the file or at least the campaign guy for uh the their uh con- congressional candidate uh he's found out the he's found out the files to uh to mark kathy basically so gary finds this out knows that kathy's fbi he's heartbroken but he decides to take her on the next mission to denver kathy alerts the fbi that they're going to denver but at the last minute on the highway literally they see a fork in the road says denver or chicago <laughs> we're not going to denver Sight skirt skirt we're going to chicago Oh, Katie's worried. We ain't got no cell phones. We can't do nothing about this. We got to sit in the car. We got to sit in the car and worry about it. 
So he's going to Chicago. They go to, uh, you know, the the building that's being uh, built across the street from wherever this man is. I think it's a news station. I'm not yeah, quite something sure. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're at the building across the street. Gary's got the rifle. And he's like, I loved you, baby. I can't believe I can't believe I trusted you to be my white supremacist wife. And she's like, I trusted you to be a regular white man without hating his heart. And she he was like, nah, psych. And then tries to shoot the guy. But not before Katie gets the final word. She blank shoots him in the chest. He's like, ah, baby, why? He's dead. She goes back to the FBI. She's like, I've had enough. Except though, let's let's not forget that they had it set up so that somebody shot him anyways. Uh, So there was was a second shooter that still got their boy who happened to be the candidate that they were running. And he was shot so that they would have a martyr so that the other guy who was masterminding it could actually run in his place and get all the sympathy votes. Yep. It was all to get the, yeah, the secondary guy in the place in the first place. So, you know, their case falls apart. Their plot kind of doesn't fall apart. I'm sure it's going to go into fruition (laughs) down the line. We don't know. But what we do find out is Katie, she's done with the FBI. She goes in, she throws a badge down. She's out of there. And she (laughs) kind of wanders the earth a little bit, becomes a vagrant. (laughs) What's up with this five minutes, by the way? Uh, She just wanders. 80s montage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 80s montage i'm angry i'm against the planet earth i guess they're against me too uh she's a vagrant you know walking around nameless uh identityless um turning down drinks at bars and then she finally goes back to the midwest to find that little girl that uh gary was taking care of <laughs> what's the i'm i'm so sorry i've forgotten the quote but <laughs> she she goes there to wax poetic to her basically and says just don't grow up like them. You're gonna be all right, kid. End of movie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> literal, literal freeze frame on the child looking back at her. Freeze frame on the child <laughs> waving away. I thought it was like I think they were trying to be symbolic that she wasn't taking her like mom's hand, or her yeah. grandmother's hand, and like yes. going towards her hand. So it was like right. the children are the future. Yes, uh, <laughs> I like well, that. I mean, look. Let's talk about this movie in a lot of different ways because I have about a million questions, but I'd like to start off by asking you guys, if we're dissecting the white savior of this film, this is a very confusing one because on the one hand, she's terrible, right? Like, (laughs) as, as as an FBI agent, and I, I guess in terms of like, I can't tell if she's against what's happening just on general principle of I find this morally wrong or like she's against specifically like the white supremacy. Is she like, oh, this is right. my, my job is to because like you said, Chauncey, she's like, it's just a little racism. You know, she's yeah, just it's just a little, you know, so she doesn't <laughs> seem to be completely put off by that she was gonna like you know throw everything away to be with this guy uh, before she found out all the other things but on the other hand like i guess she does stop an entire white supremacist plot and like all these other terrible things from happening so like she does save people in like a, a larger blanket 
type situation in the movie no like the black guy gets shot i give her somewhat of a pass in the sense of like she's one person surrounded by 10 other people with mac 10s like i guess she could either have died with that guy <laughs> or yeah. just you know so it's like i don't necessarily blame her for not going out in a in a blaze of glory but immediately after that like she's still going along with a lot of the stuff in a way that i'm like i, I can't get a read on you so what did what did you guys make of katie and her character yeah well i um i thought well, you know, one of the things that actually reminded me, I wrote an article like a few years ago when Black Klansman came out. And one of the things was the wife, the the white wife in the movie. And I used that as an angle of how like white womanhood, especially white women have a tendency, as we saw with like 50% of them still being willing to vote for Trump and other things to be somewhat at times complacent uh, to white supremacy. You know, and I think that's where she was, she was at, you know, it was this idea where she was willing to dismiss the black jokes. There was even, even before he took her hunting, there was a scene where he literally, you know, was being super homophobic to some of his neighbors and such. And good thing they actually, actually, so some of his neighbors being like, yo, you're no neighbor of mine. Cause they knew what he was about and she he was completely like just vicious in that moment and she's like why'd you do that for after <laughs> that and it was just like you act like he like you know just bumped into someone randomly he went on a homophobic rant and was talking about the AIDS and all this other stuff and it was like she was cool with it. And it to me, it was very telling that it wasn't until it was straight up murder mm -hmm. that it was like, no, this is the guy. This is messed up. I'm crying. I'm beside myself. Before that, she wasn't beside herself, even though he, even after they had slept together, because it's after they slept together, he started to kind of slip the cracks a little bit more. And now that I, it was like, okay. Can I interject real quick? Because to, to quote Kathy, I didn't sleep with him. I made love to him. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, that you know and that's what i mean it's that white woman it's like not all white women i guess we have to say that but it's more like the the symbolism of that this idea of being complacent to that kind of mannerism of being like well everyone's a little racist yeah. and it's like okay but you just saw him do a tirade that's cool you gonna be willing you can fix him you can fix that <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah and even just she was yeah well, because even just on the on the general like anger, right? Like even if you're like, all right, maybe I'm not taking issue with the homophobia there, but like this man got real mad real quick over having to wait. <laughs> you know and he was going on a whole tirade, right? He was like the Arabs and da 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 da. He was being real xenophobic. There was a whole bunch of, of icks and isms yep. going on throughout that whole thing. <laughs> and she was real cool with it. And it was just, I think it just shows like, I mean, I think in a way, you know, I thought the movie was going to be really cringe. And there were times that were very cringe, but in, in a way it kind of told on itself mm -hmm. in a way, like, and, and kind of displaying how people can be complacent. And let's say she hadn't been an FBI agent, where she had tried to save him and try to convince him it was wrong or something like that. 
because I mean, we know there's two ways that was well, three ways it goes. His wife left him. She wasn't having it, yeah. but we see what happened to her. He killed her. You know what I mean? <laughs> and But she wasn't having it. She leaves. Another one stays. Is it really racist? But she sees the good in him. He has a good heart. And then you have the third one who's right there burning the crosses with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are the three. And she was somewhere trying to be in that middle part. And yeah. it was like, yeah, that, that seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cam, what'd you think? Uh yeah, it was it's kind of some fuck shit. It was it was kind of strange just to see like her see how long see how far her line was kind of. I think that's what I was kind of tracking over the course of the movie. Not I didn't I never posed her as any type of ally. First of all, the FBI, we know exactly what they've been up to for a very long time, so I don't have to worry about, you know, any ulterior motives there. She working for the government, right? Um, but then, you know, you have this like wild love story that they really try to make work. And even though it's like the crux of the movie, you're still not quite sure. The movie's trying to tell you, you're not quite sure of where you land on it because is it real or is it fake? Mm. Also, it doesn't seem very real to begin with, so. It's kind of like, I don't know, um, some distance between there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's there's the shooting and the awful things that happen over the course of the movie. But I just I was just kind of like watching her sink to like lower levels to say that this man was some kind of like you know caregiver or some sort you know did she really but care about the kids did she really care about you know who he was in his community i just found it very confusing honestly well it's it's interesting in in a couple of respects one this was her first undercover mission ever that they had sent her on it seems like they right. did not prepare her at all for any of the things she was going to encounter. She was bl- How are you blindsided by that? It felt like they introduced the information about his wife being murdered like to her that like when we when we saw it. Like this was an information that she right. had beforehand. It was like, well, just because they had the whole situation with her superior being like an ex of some kind, that was very messy and I don't know if that was like they, super messy did they just like have a fling or were they like a long time situation was it a like, whole relationship yeah, yeah i don't really know the information behind that but he like throws down the pictures of this woman's body having been run over by a car like oh by the way and it's like by the way she's undercover like this is like wouldn't you have gotten that in the file isn't that literally like the third <laughs> box down like what happened to yeah. him right if you're investigating a person I think that's why I'm confused about the movie because the many plot holes and mistakes down the line, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just like concerned more for her as like a bad FBI agent. Well, <laughs> more right. so than like a person who's like, yeah, just getting into a messy situation that could be like in a thrilling crime plot. You know what I mean? Well, but more specifically because like the idea of her being an undercover agent, I would imagine having not been an undercover agent but the first thing i would say is believability right like you want people to believe that you are a real person and not because uh you know police chief from monk ted levin was like on to her immediately was like oh this is your what do they call them a grasshopper 
I was like, grasshopper, grasshopper. Yeah. okay, getting you know, in your hair, you know. So he was, he immediately <laughs> had sniffed her out. Everybody just chalked it up to him being paranoid. Um, but she wasn't subtle, like you were saying, Cameron. She was just openly taking pictures of strangers at a, you know, picnic that everybody was at. They don't know you. You're just a random yeah. woman, like <laughs> photographing everyone. But then on top of that, like. I would imagine there are some fail safes in place so that you do not find yourself in compromising positions where then after the fact, I mean, obviously FBI can make certain things go away if they want to, but like, you know, you're going to have to explain some things. And the fact that she was like, you know, what's probably best for this case. If I just like, I don't know, sleep with this dude right now, you know, it's just like, yeah. did you, cause I feel like it was her being somewhat rebellious in that moment because sure. It was like she goes back to was it New York or Chicago? Where'd Somewhere, she go back yeah. to? New York. She went I back to the, the city. The and yeah. she goes back to the city. And like they're giving her the rundown. And I do think that rundown was for us, the audience. That yeah. was the thing too. They had right. to tell us certain things, but it was very clear they wanted to set it up where you don't know if she's an FBI agent. You don't yeah. know what's going on. Right. Yet. Uh and that's be and that way, once they had that scene, they had to do the whole and his wife and things like that. And it's like, wait a minute, you hearing this for the first time? Like we <laughs> this for the first time you went in there without that briefing but i think that was more like just the writing of the yeah. script and they were just like this yeah. is for the audience but let's make it so that she's hearing it and i think she was very resistant to wanting to see him as um as what they were potentially looking for and then you know she gets sent back and it's like immediately i don't know if there was some cut scenes that didn't make it or whatever but as soon as she gets back into town she's just like okay i'm back undercover let's sleep with this guy to the point where michael the guy who, who was her superior later is like did i tell you to do that yeah. she's like i feel so dirty he's like who told you to do that who right. told you to do that? <laughs> who that was not our directive you there to sleep with this guy like whose fault is that yeah i mean <laughs> and I, then on top of it he's mad about it he's he's like yeah i'm, I'm jealous that's the like, thing like he's he's he was a <laughs> shitty dude but that was the one time that i kind of agreed with him where i was like yeah i mean you didn't have to do that like you certainly made a choice because <laughs> let's let's kind of just slightly transition to the to, to gary tom Berenger's character because here's the thing that really threw me off right like she is head over heels for this dude, basically with it. I don't know what the time span was, but in a short period of time, yeah. seemingly because he has kids and his wife is dead. He, and he's handsome. Right. But he thinks he's, you know, <laughs> irregardless of that, it helps. He ain't shit though. Like he's not like it wasn't like oh this man is a pillar of the community. Like he's you know leader in the church or you know he's he's running this you know extraordinarily large business or he's like you know doing all these other th like he's just a regular dude with two kids on a farm. And she was mm -hmm. like, "This is my dream. This is what I always wanted." <laughs> and she, right? And she's like observed him be ain't shit. Like she was at the at work when he was like, "Hey, hey, you the mm -hmm. tirade about you know." homosexuality and all that it was all that horrible speech she she bear witness to the whole thing and her only question is what was that about yeah and yeah. even before she slept with them, there were moments that were a little weird where some other people in the community wouldn't even talk to the guy. Like they got up on the dance floor and the other guy was like, let's go. So it was very clear he wasn't like some leader leader of the community. He had yeah. his little group, 
But for the most part, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of uneasiness. And it's like, as an FBI agent, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be picking up why his neighbor's a little uneasy around him. Right. Oh, there's nothing. This is a dead end, you know? And it's like, no, I, you're just like, like one of the things that Michael character said, he's like, I go by my gut. And then later he told her, like, maybe your gut isn't that good. <laughs> like, I, I sense it. You didn't want to. But why? You know? That's my question, though. Why send her, of all people, in if you're like... I don't think she's really that good of an agent, but because like the the thing that was weird is like after a while it felt like he was doing it simply to, to punish her. her, right? And yeah. it was like right. That's and honestly, when she uh, is found out, the whole like you know chopper in the woods and the information there, you're suspected to believe that it's Mike who probably gave out the information at the FBI. Maybe her man at that or. His man at the FBI is Mike or somebody associated. Mike doesn't seem like, to be. Who else would deal out of her information? Mike doesn't seem that put together. Like I, I don't want to give Mike that much to, credit to be like a double agent. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I agree. I think Michael. I think he was basically a jaded lover. Um, I think right. on some level he wanted to punish her, but I think I mean it's a trope, right? It's a trope yeah. of sending the woman undercover to seduce the guy who's supposed to be the other guy, and I mean For he's sure. seen it. And then just in this case, he was KKK and not like potentially a, a drug smuggler or something right. like that. So I think they right. played into that a bit, and 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 that was fine or whatever. And yeah, Michael was like. You know what I mean? Oh, he got to finish the job. He won't, he's like, I can't tie him to anything. I can't tie him to anything. Mind you, she just, she was like, she even said, she's like, I'll testify. I saw them shoot. It's like, we'll never find the body. You got to go back. Yeah. But, and then it's like, they'll just get off for a few years and be back out. And it's like, okay. Like we got to uh, connect him to Cross, I think was the yeah. DJ's name, yeah. the, the guy's name. We got to connect him to Cross. Got to connect him to Cross. And I'm like, I don't even know. And I don't know. Did they eventually even admit to that thing about the DJ? She... I don't even know if he she, he ever got a thing that that only thing we got was like concrete. Was. No. Yeah, yeah. Only thing we got yes. was the explanation of Zog. Well, we never got him say I shot the guy on the radio. Yeah, she had. It was also wild because she went to them with the files that she found under the floor, which was like 20 pages of like detailed uh, <laughs> things. And he was like, this could be anything. This could be anyone. You have to go back in. Like, how are we going to like send agents hilarious. to do all this she stuff? She should have put her foot down at some point and been like, listen, I gave you all this paperwork. At what point? What else do you want me to do? At this Literally, point? the names are here. Yeah. I can't, I can't give you more. Yeah, and even if he does admit it, they didn't have any wire on her or anything. No, I mean, she could have just came back and said, though. yeah, he said it. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> like, I'm sure the guy Cross was on that list. Maybe that's what he could have looked for, the list. Because even at the end, he says, we saved a lot of people. Look, we did it, you know? And she's like, they're everywhere, you know? Yeah, but it's like, yeah, but it was just kind of like they kept sending her in and sending her in. And it was like, at what point right. is there enough? Yeah, I mean, this guy has all this stuff on his. You can see the computer where they're talking about the wind is blowing or whatever. They got all this paperwork. You can arrest him. Yeah, maybe it's a few years, but while you're holding him, look for other stuff. Like, why? Yeah, you, you can get the case. You build the yeah, case. Exactly. That's literally what it they just... say in all these other movies. It's like yeah. let's get him in the in jail right now so we can build our case. Yeah, exactly. Well, build the I, case. <laughs> yeah, it's wild too because the scene in the bank. Right, she goes in. She's basically, again, being made to undergo this bank robbery. She's 
been very explicit that one of these men has been following her and like maybe knows mm. that she's an FBI agent and like feels like she's been compromised and they're like no just go just go ahead we need we need to know what they're going to do with the money and she's like okay and like she goes in she shoots a security guard is distraught that she's killed a man <laughs> and they're like nah you're good uh and basically He's okay <laughs> yeah they He's set not. it up so that you know black secure black fbi agent can you know kill the guy who's been tailing her which i thought was smart of them yeah. and he was like i feel terrific about that you know right. <laughs> and what was crazy just... is that she seemed to feel bad yeah when yes. he died in her arms yeah. i'm like you got a whole run sheet of everything this guy has done yeah and you feel bad at this moment and he's been calling you the c word this whole entire film this whole that's one. been your name to your face <laughs> and... to your face and you're like he's dead and he was gonna and it's like what he was gonna kill you you know what I mean? Yes. Like, if he had found anything, that would have been you. Like, he would have killed you immediately. But I think that's the thing that threw me off was, like, if you were ahead of things enough to have, you know, FBI agent there to kill this guy, like, couldn't you have gone a step further and maybe, I don't know, like, because in a lot of these movies, right, what they do is the the undercover agent, when it feels like somebody may have compromised them, they have them do something that's like, oh, like, They'll never doubt you after you do They're this. A real one. But usually yeah. what it is, is like, it's a setup, right? So like, in another movie, she would have shot the security guard who just happened to also be an FBI agent who was wearing a bulletproof vest or like, she shot blanks and then it was like, oh, it looks like you killed somebody for us. So now and we know that you're in. she would be surprised. In. Instead, it was just like, good luck. Ho- hopefully you don't die <laughs> during this big robbery. It was like, what is going on? Like, how... You, you're not only are you the FBI, but it seems like you're literally just like she can live or die. It's fine. Like we'll still have a case, I guess. You know, if they murder her, and it's like this. Well, is, she was very I, expendable to them. Yeah, I mean, she even said it. She's like, "You're using me to the you FBI." Know? Oh yes, yes. yes. And then said, he was like, like, "You guys are using me." And they were like, "Oh, but don't." It's it's like almost like you want to be used. And I was just like, "What are you even talking?" What about? was yeah? <laughs> and then but. I mean, the movie doesn't give you any other information to back it up with, right? Because she does kind of put herself repeatedly in a situation to be used. I I think what, I mean, we're we're talking about it still, like these things that are throwing us. I, to get a little inside baseball, you know, I see, you know, like I was saying earlier, the director, Costa Gavras is more like a political filmmaker uh trying to talk about like issues of the day and joe esterhaus is more like a pulp uh pulpy writer yeah and uh i i feel like the two purposes are at across here oh yeah and they're not kind of like serving each other and that's why we're kind of confused about you know her motives yeah versus the movies like trying to give you the information at the right times so you can feel a certain way about what she's doing and like her place in like both worlds and one never kind of meets the other so you're always like you're a step ahead because you're a smart human watching a movie right yeah but then you have this character continuously either making mistakes or doing something that is just like wildly out of character for somebody who seems to be opposed to this consistently and the movie is kind of presenting it as like just human fact, like this is what's happening to her and not necessarily like a take on what this woman's experience is 
and like a kind of pulpy cd take of it as is right yeah. because like both the men in the fbi and the men in the white supremacist group want to use her right sexually and as a pawn in their plan it, it it's supposed to be this cd pulpy movie but yet the direction kind of leads it as like presenting it as fact so we just end up seeing like a dumb character yeah. whose character whose motives are probably supposed to be like you know a little salacious and malicious in the first place yeah. that's what i feel like i'm up against when i'm watching it a well, little bit well i think here's the problem right because this movie is is not say like basic instinct or you know many other right. erotic thrillers of the time right but <laughs> is playing both sides where it's like we want to examine you know these white supremacist groups and you know how they come to be and like some of the terrorist activities they're involved in and use this very real because the murder of the radio host is based on a real event that happened to a radio host in denver who was killed by a white supremacist mm -hmm. group and so like they're like let's launch off of this right to explore these things also <laughs> we want to make like a romantic thriller between an fbi agent and a white supremacist <laughs> leader and like not only do those two things not mix and work but also because this is what what is the very strange thing that this movie tries to do and there's some parts of it where i'm like i guess i can see the merit and there's other parts of it where i'm like what and that's they they want to make the white supremacist group people they want to they want to make them yeah. characters them. and you know tom berenger's mm -hmm. character is one of the most confusing characters i have seen in the movie in a while because at once <laughs> he is he is in a town where i think everybody knows who he is and yet there's a very coy nature about it where people aren't coming out directly saying things or confronting him. Like you were saying, Chauncey and Cameron, like people see him on the dance floor at the bar and they walk away or, you know, people kind of give him shit for it. And you think, oh, maybe it's because they know he's a white supremacist. Yeah. I think what the movie tells us, though, is that they're Nazis because when they see them at the KKK <laughs> rally, he doesn't like Nazis. Yeah. Because his grandfather fought in World War II, and that's who he was fighting against. And I, I, I'm not quite sure. I would have to go back and watch it, and I don't want to go back and watch it. But I might imagine <laughs> that the the person that he's yelling at uh, at that truck stop is the person in the in the in the Nazi uniform. And so no, are, I think that was different. Is, is that a different person? Okay, yeah. yeah. Because it seems like he's he's got this interior beef within his own organization of like I'm I might <laughs> believe all the same things you do, <laughs> but I don't go about it that way. Which is he like he was a patriotic right. white supremacist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was patriotic. He's loyal to his country screw those other white supremacists and like it, germany he's one of the yeah <laughs> he's one of the good ones it was just yeah. so weird because it's like i've heard you say many a thing that i would probably say a nazi would say you know what i mean like zog seems very much like nazi propaganda yeah you know what i mean like but he seemingly and that seems to be like a moral stance for him that we're supposed to buy into he also goes with this whole stance of well you know my last wife 
left me because she couldn't, you know, take all the the horrible things that I was doing. And so I just don't want to be a, with a woman who who can't handle my extreme uh, racism and hatred. So like, I had to tell you everything and bring you in on everything because I'm a good man <laughs> who just wants to be honest with the woman that he's with, even if my honesty is I hunt black people for sport. Yeah. Well, I think also it's it's one of those things where, like you said, like the movie was trying to bite off a lot. And one of the things uh, more than it could chew, really. And, and, and one of the things was trying to have some human element to it. Right. Right. You can have some of these movies where people seem like caricatures, you know, but if we if even in today's that's why this movie unfortunately is still relevant and it's in a lot of the themes is that that like the whole thing was she was with Frazier's dad that's what I know him from the guy <laughs> yep fire. and and I love him as an actor I was like I didn't know you were in this movie like playing a Nazi um and it was like um he she's sitting with him and they have this very poignant uh scene where he is like you know Nam took my son the government took my farm uh, I got nowhere else, you know, I'm not a hateful guy. It's just that they're trying to replace us, you know, and there is this whole idea of this whole great replacement theory and things like that. And the idea that it's work that at times is working class white people um, who can fall, who can fall victim to the idea of what's the problem. I'm, my wages are stagnant, my my land's being taken. And someone comes along and tells them it's the blacks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, hey, maybe this is just an oppressive system and capitalism sucks. It's, oh no, it's the blacks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's the blacks. And then they just kind of run with that. You know, so I think the movie was trying to show this idea that some of them, hate to say it, like that they had good intentions for right. their race. But that in within that, it was just like, you know, um, Hitler did, which was the 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 goat, the scapegoat of Jew of Jews, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. It was like, look what what's happened to us in Germany. It's the Jews. Not, you know, we lost the war, we made some bad decisions, you know, the government, <laughs> it's the Jews. Right. You know, and I think we even have that today where you'll talk to some of these people, even when like Trump got elected. Uh, the first time and he was saying all this racist stuff about Mexicans and and blacks and and things black people and things like that and the first thing that was the narrative was that the people who voted for him weren't voting because they agreed with his racism or maybe they kind of did but they were really voting with their pocketbooks because they were noticing that their 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 land and their money wasn't good and he was giving them answers straightforward answers and i think that's what we saw of what they were trying to push in this movie too and i think that can ruffle some of our feathers because like when i was told like well we can't you know how do we win these voters over i was pissed here in that insert so-called you know liberal left (laughs) circles i was like win these people over like why we gotta win them over like i i gotta still talk to these people who are okay voting for this racist man like why why do i need to win them over but you think about the audience and you're like, some of these people know these people and they're giving this kind of reasoning. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, they were trying to humanize them, which of course is going to bristle us because we're like, this guy's burning. <laughs> and shot a black guy. Fuck this guy. You know? <laughs> but, like all day, all day, every day. Right? Yeah, like every day, all day. You know what I mean? But we're th- <laughs> But they're thinking, hey, they've got their reasons. 
Right. <laughs> They've got good hearts aside from the N-word being shouted every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that little girl, I got to say, like when Ooh. she was like, hey, uh, Katie, daddy said we don't have to have any secrets anymore. And boy, let me tell you about <laughs> them niggas. <laughs> right? I've been oh waiting. <laughs> don't even it was almost like they didn't even memorize lines. It was just. <laughs> right. And they all do it in just his butt. And it's like, oh my gosh. And she was just, <laughs> it was shocking. Well, again, that scene was shocking. I, I, <laughs> I was like, I think, you know, like there, again, there's something to that in the sense of, and this is, they got a, they got around to it in a very strange way because I don't know Katie's background. It seemed as if they were like, your parents died. When you were a kid. Her parents died when she was young, yeah. And, like, she Mm -hmm. seemed to want to save, specifically save the little girl. The little boy, she was like, "Mm, I don't know. But, like, the little girl, like, definitely her. (laughs) Like, save her. And, you know, it it is that, you know, all of this is taught, right? All of this is, is drilled into you at a young age you don't know any better this is how dad's talking this is how grandma's talking this is how you know the Mm -hmm. people around you are talking and so you why would you question any of the things that the adults around you are saying or telling you and there's even a a a point when he's kind of he doesn't necessarily outright admit to his wife's murder but he was like you know and she was telling the kids you know she was trying to get them away from me and like you know telling them not to listen to me anymore and you could tell that there was a bit of it that was like you know, because the the boy offhandedly mentions um, that he remembers mom and like the daughter yeah. doesn't. And he seemed to mm-hmm. still be 100% bought into everything. But like it, it was a moment of like, oh, yeah, you know, like this isn't just adults, you know, kind of like doing all the things that they're doing. But this is, has a trickle down effect, you know, to the kids that they're raising and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like that part of it was like oh okay like this they're doing that well but then on the other side it was just like gary was such a <laughs> such a weird he was a weird guy generally but also the way they kept going back and forth between like even at the end where it's like he's got to make this choice oh man what's he going to do is he going to kill the fbi agent who's gonna blow this whole thing for him or is he gonna choose love and do i don't know like is she gonna get him to leave this group i mean it was a very weird thing where i was like i don't know what the alternative is i think he either kills her or she kills him and that seemed to be like the only way that this movie could end because they're like, what if, what if she agrees with what if she's like, oh, you know what, fuck the FBI. Let's keep, let's kill this guy together, put my hand on the trigger with you. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm Gary, like, I've been doing some reading and uh you might have something. <laughs> you might be or, something. Yeah, or if I mean, the only way it was going to make sense was for her to kill him. Because if she didn't and she right. somehow convinces him to not kill this guy, he still goes to jail, you know. Right. And it, it still and continues on. And it's and it would have been a very weird ending for him to go to jail and and like you know you just know you would have the sense she'd be waiting for him or something yeah. and it's like no we're not going that route so she had to kill Ew. him you know but she because had he not died it would have been that kind of scenario kind of yeah. like I'll wait for you kind of a deal and maybe he'll reform <laughs> in prison you know so 
yeah, I think it was it was scattered, you know, but you could also you could kind of imagine what the Hollywood pitch was, right? They were oh, like, sure. you know, one guy comes mm. in there and say, I want to tell a very serious political uh, expose of racism in America and the fact that it is ingrained in our system. And someone's like, okay, we need to have a love story. We got to have a love story, <laughs> right? Got to have a love story. Got to have a love story. Got to have a hot FBI agent. Oh my gosh, this writes itself. You know, you could just tell what they were going to, where the, the pitch meeting was going. He came in and was like, yo, I really want to put some real knowledge out there about the system. And so they were like, okay, let's just, but we got to, we got to, we got to have some sex scenes. Okay. How are we going to it, do It's got to be sexy. <laughs> And How do you make white supremacism sexy? Yes. And How do you do that? You know, you got to make it so they're a little sympathetic. Got to make it so they're sympathetic. We need some scenes of sympathy here, right? Because, hey, we don't know who's going to come see this. Can I, <laughs> yeah. can I reiterate my stance that Tom Berenger, one of the worst kissers I've seen in a movie, just like the way that he, in in, in the substitute and in this movie, it's like it's it's open mouth, but it's like he's swallowing her mouth. She wants to, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He and wants I'm, to like eat the bottom half of the woman's face. Oh it's God. like the whole bottom half of the face is open for kissing, not just the mouth. The first time, I just wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe this was like a choice that he was making. Uh, but then I was like, damn, this is just. This is what you think kissing is, I guess. So that's not... Oh, because he does the same thing in the subject. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Cameron, I have, I have a question for you. And this is the question that we ask in all of these movies, right? You got a gig. Taking your family to go see <laughs> you in the new movie Betrayed. Scene comes up. You get pushed out of a car with their shirt off and handed a gun. <laughs> <laughs> like can you imagine auditioning for this role you know what i mean like what is it I, like <laughs> to be... do you want to know what ran through my head dead serious when you said when he, well so you said this you do ask this every time and i don't think about it in the moment anytime i swear i swear i never think about it in the moment when we watch these movies but i definitely thought of like this dude you know goodman theater in chicago just just doing the rounds auditioning trying to get in that theater trying to get in that chicago theater scene and then this movie comes up this this movie from whatever mgm studios oh big movie i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a huge name after this you get that check whatever it was two twenty five dollars whatever it was for the day they paid you and then you get the set and they're like oh it's it's like this <laughs> shirt off buddy so it, it wait what in the credits Kevin Kevin C White so we'll we'll name him credited as Jeff slash Hunted Man. They gave him a name. <laughs> he didn't have a name. He didn't have a name. I didn't hear it. I I think they were just like we just we can't we can't put Hunted Man in the credit. We gotta we gotta yeah. actually give him a name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's yeah it's again it's just like you. Show, I can't imagine what shooting that scene is like. Like you show up to set, they're like, "All right, so we're gonna need you to run right through the woods, uh, hold this I'm gun." I'm terrified. I'm terrified <laughs> off rip. <laughs> unless, unless I knew 
Frazier's dad. I mean, I mean, he wasn't Frazier's <laughs> dad. Frazier's dad. But unless I've seen any of these motherfuckers before, right? And anything I'm else, be like, I don't know. Y'all might be really I, loving this method acting. Is this? This is a movie, right, <laughs> guys? <I> reckon, <laughs> what, what if I don't know nobody on set, call my mom before I left. Like, <laughs> yes. the truck took us out there. Like uh, until I get out there, and I'm like, oh wait, it's the you do for Home Alone. Oh my god, thank you, thank you. No, I'm just hey. We all friends here, right? <laughs> you know, that's definitely like got to be odd. You was going out in the truck at night, no yep. shirt to shoot a movie. I mean, it's all contracts and stuff until like the day's done. I would be terrified. Well, because it's also they 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 do it here and they do it in the beginning, and it's it really throws you off because it's seriously yeah. like the most 90s thing where like both times when the radio dj gets shot and this guy gets shot it's not just they get shot it's like a whole slow motion they're like, oh yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> they went like borderline art film with the black dude i was like hey this is like yes, it was like grizzly for real it was like he was yeah, kind of like, like doing a battle ah. in his stance a little bit yeah. and it was like my dude did a 360 yeah i was like okay it was like piro I mean, pirouettes he was you like, could look. See that they were trying for something. That's what I'll yeah. give them. I was like, they were, tr- there was, yeah. you know, like Keenan in the like message, like there right. was like messaging <laughs> in there. They were trying. It was like, you know. And when the DJ went down too, he was like, I'm giving yes. death. This, I'm is, dying. this is happening. Uh, <laughs> it, was very, it was very uh, 80s uh, action film. Very yeah. 80s action film. Oh, yeah. Definitely giving like uh, a villain in a lethal weapon movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, before we move on, I mean, Chauncey, I I got you. Message. Because we we have that. (laughs) (laughs) Message. I always say that. That's like my line. I'm like, message. (laughs) Yes. But I guess moving into, there's not really much behind the scenes for this movie. I I desperately wanted to hear somebody talk about it, speak about it, explain it to me. Wait, you didn't see the IMDb quote that I saw? That this is Tom Berenger's favorite movie? That he's ever favorite done? movie that he ever worked on? Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not going to go this through his whole filmography, life. but like, I I would also like to get more detail on what that means like he wasn't he in like major league like didn't y'all have some laughs making major league like you didn't have a better time i mean a comedy i guess he is the the lead of this movie and he gets to like really lean into everything um Mm -hmm. so maybe he's just like look this is this is the movie that i really got to act you know that Um, i think maybe that's what it was probably a movie where he really felt like he got to like Cause you know he he made some choices for the character, kind of emotionally sure. stunted, uh, a, a a war vet that's been jaded. Yeah, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there was a lot, there were layers to it. I mean, our vet our vets don't get treated great in our yeah. system still. True, um, true. And then they're left to have to try to find some reasoning and some of them do end up in that lane you know or mm-hmm. mental you know have dealing with mental health situations all types of things you know there's a lot there's lack of of uh of support yeah and you know so that's what i'm saying i was like you know at the end of the movie i mean there were some moments where i got i was like hold up like this is a <laughs> lot but then there was other scenes where i was like you know i kind of get what they're trying to do like this isn't sure. like completely horrible right. i'm like in for right. like 88 i'm like 
And like, you know, a lot of stuff was hidden in terms of now, like we're going to make things great again. And yep. so I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like 100%. over 30 years later. And there was just a lot going yeah. on there. That's very relevant today. So I was just like, they made some faux I mean, and I'm glad they had the black FBI agent because he was spitting some real truth yeah. about that whole thing. <laughs> oh, talking that you shit, know? talking that yes. shit. <laughs> you know, it was interesting because they were talking about uh, Wes's character, the guy who had the long spreadsheet yeah. and how, and Michael was like, you know, Gary, guy, I know guys like that. They get they get losers around them. They like losers around them because they're more willing to listen. And then the black guy, he said, yeah, the same thing with the FBI. <laughs> like that was one of his lines i peeped that he was like i do the same thing with fbi and i was like <laughs> i was like things are being said in this film look he knew what time <laughs> it was he was like I... <laughs> um well I, I the last question i have before we get to the reimagining this was something that was repeated numerous times in the movie that i could not piece together what they were talking about can somebody explain the nigger police to me because i that seemed like an oxymoron that I just couldn't. Right. Play. I, everything else I got, I was like, "This is wild shit." I understand what you're getting at, nigger police. I was like, "Are you talking about black police officers? Are you talking about black, like a conspiracy where black people are controlling the police? Are you talking about some?" Because I I wasn't I, putting yeah. that together. They they seemed really worked up about it, but <laughs> I couldn't really understand. I kind of thought it was that. Which made me also think about like the trope in movies of like how the even in like the smallest towns in America that like the chief of police or like the town sheriff is a black person. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> I don't I've never fully understood that trope, but I think they're also referring to just like, you know, police that are not willing to comply with like white supremacist like ideals. Like they think like a lot of white supremacists think that like since a lot of those people are in those positions are in uh, organizations like the police and stuff, stuff like that, sure. that they have allies within the organization. But right. there's also like the people that are not with them. So I think they, I, mean, I like, felt like they were referring a little to that. Right. But the police literally were slave catchers. Like that's how that started. And then they true. became also the honest. police. <laughs> so I'm just like, that's also exactly it seems like your people. <laughs> so. Yeah. And also, even in New York, I mean, the way they started off was just to protect property. It wasn't right. to protect people, you know. 100%. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's it, that was interesting. I do kind of wonder about the context, right? Like, it was 88, mm -hmm. and they were talking about Chicago and stuff and things like that. So maybe, I don't know if there was a push in inner cities and things at the time to get more black people to join the force yeah. or something. Like, I wonder what was going mm -hmm. on. It's prob it was probably something very much in tune to the eighties of them yeah. maybe trying to push for more diversity on the police force and mm -hmm. stuff. And maybe that was the idea that they're letting the black people be cops now right. and stuff, something like right, that. Right. They were really leading into that Chicago. It was like, we got something here. Like this is <laughs> if, the, if, if it was if, almost like the writer figured like made that up himself, and he was like, you know what? Yeah, That's awesome. Let's, let's yeah. go three times. Yeah, <laughs> slaps. 
it goes. It goes. If, it Twitter, goes. if Twitter is around, that's the hashtag for this movie. Is, is oh Chicago. my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, and it, it's interesting because those places usually do have a name. People who think that in those places, I should oh, say, yeah. usually do have a name for certain places. You know, they hate Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They hate California. Yeah. You know, I, I I think there's a name they have for California or something, or at least oh. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's names. You yeah. know, like that's their well, whole Jordan. Thing. You live in a body more murder land, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was weird too because you know what, what it do? One of the, what I think Gary told somebody to like go to California, and he was like, "What did he mean by that? Like, what, what? Why would I go to California?" He was, he got really mad yeah. about it, and I was like, "I guess that's an insult." Like, just yeah, <laughs> uh, very liberal here. Well, yeah, I don't like it up there. Let's let's figure out how we can reimagine this movie, Chazi. You had an angle that I was like, "That works," because for me, I was puzzling about it, and I. I was coming up pretty short. So what what was your way into reimagining this movie? Well, when I was watching, I was like, okay, she maybe we have it so she's white passing. She's white presenting. And Ooh. like she's a black woman, but she's white presenting, so she passes. And so they put her under and that way you have even more like craziness between mm. her and the black fbi agent you know what i mean like why are you sending me in and then maybe he's like well i figured you wouldn't be compromised because right. you're black you know <laughs> too you know but then there's like the whole idea of white presenting and that privilege and what that deals with and hearing those things and maybe like flashbacks to her growing up and stuff like that and hopefully i don't think there would have been any coming back like maybe she could have slept with him but as soon as she finds out, she shoots him. <laughs> like, something has to happen where it's like, no, 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 no. Like, but yeah, I, my whole idea was that she would be white passing, but she'd be a black woman who was white passing. Yeah, that's a really, write that script. I want to see that. That's, I mean, that, that's pretty interesting. Definitely the angle of, uh, you know, hearing those things and being like, you know, ultra kind of disgusted in, in the moment, not just like, Oh, I can't believe my fellow white people are so disgusting sometimes. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, but then you do have, you know, the idea of passing and depending on the actress, you know, uh, I, I just found out that like Rebecca Hall is like half black, which, yeah. yes. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and somebody like that passing. in the role. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Passing in the real world. And you have somebody like that in the role where, you know, you do have that push and pull. I think that would be like plenty exciting. Add a whole yeah. new layer to it. And you even have it so Gary is like falling for her, but she's like, yo, like not at all. <laughs> like, you know, and he's wondering, <laughs> not like, having it. You know, and then she reveals at the end, I'm black. <laughs> oh, could you imagine if the chopper landed in the middle of the forest and like the bit thing on the dossier just says, she's black. He's like, oh my God. Just like do the reverse zoom, do the reverse dolly shot. He's like, oh my God, what's happening? What am I going to do now? I slept with a yeah. black one, sullied myself. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cause I feel like what I was having trouble with, I was just like, we, we don't, really factor into this movie except the part where they shoot us to death like everything else oh, is like yeah. <laughs> everything else is like Ugh. we are we are because i mean what's what's un- well, we're also the fbi agent we're also we're, we're also, also we work agent. for the feds too right um what what seemingly is lost in this movie or what i can't necessarily 
piece together in terms of the FBI's specific motivations, it seems to be they just find these people to be a danger, not necessarily like because of their morals, but because of the possibility of violent like outbursts, mm. like they're going to kill people. And so like maybe we should do something about that. But it's what? not like yeah. like racism bad, like writ large across the movie, you know, like that's kind of, you know, they don't really have to get too deep into that. Um, but it is like, I wonder in terms of even just like her character, right? Because I think one of the things I th- you were touching on, Chauncey, is just like the the way that white women will be used in terms of one, not just upholding white supremacy, but also in a way where, because like this is a very misogynist movie, <laughs> the way that they treat her, and and like, but but that's also an ingrained part of white womanhood. It's like the misogyny from white men is kind of like your expectation, you know, like how this you're you're the wife, you're in the kitchen. You're there for him to basically like do what he will with, and like you're, but you're just ha- you're happy to be there. You raise the kids, you do a good job of that, because uh, that was the weird thing. It's like she immediately took to that, like the domestic. You know, we see her like mm. with the kids, or like doing the dishes, or like all of the other. Th- like it didn't seem like she was driving the combine anymore. I don't know if that was just like that that part of the job was wrapped up because the other girl yeah, left and maybe when they she left were like the motel i think i think it was a seasonal thing i guess yeah that they get right. in for but she also wasn't like working mm-hmm. on the farm she just seemed to be his wife you know <laughs> um and i think that you know that that would have been a more interesting aspect is if we were getting into like okay she she knows everything like let's have her be maybe a bit more informed about the job that she's going to do um (laughs) (laughs) but but i i guess just like more of of what this impact is because when you see when you see across the lines because she was like intimating that this is this isn't over like we got a couple of them but there's like they're everywhere they could be anyone um and just yeah, how way deeper yeah and just how like as a person of color like it's not simply just oh like the racist people who like burn crosses on my lawn but like you know the the principal at the school who like yep keeps the the weird you know hair restrictions in so like kids with dreadlocks have to cut their hair or like other you know strange things that happen in town where you know not just confederate statues and stuff are are up but like we celebrate this day which is like that's kind of racist like that kind of (laughs) like the ties to that are pretty racist but we're doing this in a way that makes it feel like it's it's our heritage or all these other things instead of like calling it what it is and having because that was the one thing i was looking for across the entire movie i was like where did that black guy come from Right. Like, did where did they find him at? Because I don't recall seeing besides black FBI agent, I didn't see not one black person in the town anywhere else. In town. You know what I mean? So, like, did they was that a did they bring they him in to the outskirts? It's Chicago. Can yeah, you drove to the city, picked him up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. could have been, you know, uh, 
a sex worker or something. What a know? day, man. Can yeah. you imagine just minding your own business? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, trying to, like, or maybe he got picked up at a bar or something, thinking this guy, I mean, that's what Dahmer did. Yeah. Right? He picked up right. guys, ended up at the house, and that was that. And it's, you know, all types of, of situations with that. And I, I just want to like what you were talking about, the idea that they're everywhere. One of the things that really stood out to me was in the uh, car, in the van where they were going to do the bank robbery. Mm. The guy, even, one of the guys mentions, oh, I work at a bank. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was the conversation. Yeah. That was the yeah, conversation. Like, the ah, they're all saying the it. Bank. Yeah. yeah, you work in all these different places where you all are stationed. And I think even with the FBI, one of the things is the idea that, like you were saying, it's not necessarily like racism bad because there's this whole idea that everyone has a right to their opinion, even sure. if their opinion is people who get gassed <laughs> or something. That's a right to your opinion, I guess. But it's the domestic terrorism mm -hmm. aspect. We've seen that recently, right, where the FBI mm -hmm. announced, I think it was last year or whatnot, that white uh, supremacist uh, terrorism is the leading form of, of domestic terrorism in the United States. It's oh, the yeah. biggest issue, you know? And so very much, I mean, it would make sense that they'd be on it. It's like, it's not so much that you guys are having meetings, it's that you guys want to like knock out the power grid. Like yeah. that's terrorism, right. <laughs> you know? Well, they even... don't care about <laughs> if they say the N-word. Yeah, well, because like, <laughs> you'll also, see, I mean, in places like Oregon and, um, you know, other parts of, of the country where there's, like, encampments. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like, oh, there's a couple of them. It's like, oh, no, we got, like, communities of, like, white supremacist groups that, like, we live here. Like, this is our town. That it's it's mm -hmm. not a secret that this is what we do up here. So, there's still sundown towns in this country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you got to oh leave before a certain time if you black. So. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that there, it's such a messy movie that even to try to figure out where to insert people of color in it would be kind of like. <laughs> I don't well, know. if they're messy, we got to be messy. Yeah. Let's play with the dynamics of white passing. Sure. And let's go for it. <laughs> like, let's see how this goes. I mean, let, let, we're in a time where movies yeah. like Magical Negroes coming out and stuff like that. We can that, we can be ugh. confrontational. Look, I I that is, say, it is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that I that scene like that, that was story into that one. So it's just like I see that trailer and I just think that there was a person who like made the little white tears meter. Like he was subject. He had to do that for like a week. <laughs> and that was his thing and he was like you know what not a bad joke actually ha ha like, <laughs> no I, no. I guess now that now that I'm thinking about it, I guess if 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 Chauncey's given us permission to just go crazy, my revision is uh, Jeff slash Hunted Man is murdered and then comes back as like a zombie and like oh, make a horror movie <laughs> and just like first night of the living yeah, dead yeah gets 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 all of his killers uh, and rounds them up or maybe she works with with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is like. <laughs> Jeff has come back and like she, he's working with the FBI agent to take them down from the inside. Like mm -hmm. she she brings yeah, the, them to he's places. The black guys in the FBI's brother. Yeah, she brings them to or places you can make and it like, like white chicks. 
you make it so it's like she's not even white passing she just dresses up as a white person by day. and then when just she like goes an ugly, the hotel, ugly. Yes. and then when she goes to the hotel she pulls off all her stuff and one day he tries to come over and she has to like it's a moment of having oh, no, no. now this sounds like a teleport <laughs> he i mean tyler if you're listening uh, I'm sure B T. Like like <laughs> Next one. Oh my god. <laughs> well, let's go around and see what everybody had to say about betrayed. Uh, Chauncey, you'll find this is this is Cameron's least favorite <laughs> part of the show, uh, where he learned some hard, some hard truth about how people feel about these movies. Oh. So if we if we start on. IMDb, what do you guys think currently Betrayed has out of 10? Out of 10? Five. Cameron? I was wrong last time. (laughs) I just just don't... (laughs) I don't like when my heart is wrong, but not understanding stuff. Anyway, I'm going to say five... Point. You, you, you're right. It should be a five. It should be lower. But I'm gonna say five point five because I feel like it's higher for some reason. Six point three. Wow. I'm ill. <laughs> I'm ill. I, wow. This movie is not that good. There are so many six point threes on IMDb. It's not like what else is a six point? I, I'm sure there's like Lethal I Weapon am. Two was like a six three. <laughs> well. I'm a little flabbergasted on that. I thought it would be. I mean, like I said, it was it was pulpy, yeah. you know. But like a six, right. like going towards a, a six. Ten? Interesting. It's, it's out of fifty nine upper reviews. Um, but oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I don't know who are like, this is, and none of these reviews are recent. But people are like, oh, it's touching on a lot of things happening at the moment, or like, um really just somehow actually into the love story of it which is a choice but oh my god <laughs> of course of course it was a very compelling very love telling. story romeo and juliet yep sure <laughs> like, except oh my the capulets were like crazy races yeah, capulets were in <laughs> oh white hoods my god. or i'm sorry the montagues crazy races i'm telling you they know when they do hollywood pitches they know someone's going to like mm-hmm. that Put it in there. They're oh. not just doing it to do it. They do it because it oh, works. Well, if we go over to, to Rotten Tomatoes, out of 100%, what do you think it currently has? Uh, 40. Okay. I'm going to say 55. I feel like people... I think I feel like somebody out there legitimized it. Somebody out there was like the Los Angeles Times says a, a taut thriller. Thirty six percent. Oh, yeah. I love I love when I'm wrong. I love being wrong like that. Uh, well, a lot of people didn't like it. One of them being uh, one Roger Ebert, and as he went on to say, the God. Uh, <laughs> He's talking about you know some of the things that he he wasn't a fan of, and he goes on to say another element that bothered me much more was a particularly disgusting and violent scene in which Berenger and his right wing buddies capture a black man and they stage a hunt in which they chase him through the forest at night and finally kill him. It's reprehensible to put a sequence like that in a film intended as entertainment, no matter what the motives of the character or the alleged yeah. importance to the plot. The sequence is as disturbing and cynical as anything I've seen in a long time. 
a breach of standards so disturbing that it brings the film to a halt from which it barely recovers. I imagine that Costa Groves, who, whose left-wing credentials are impeccable, saw the scene as necessary to his indictment of the racist underworld he was exposing. But portrayed as not a small, brave political statement like Z, it is a Hollywood entertainment with big stars and a viral racist manhunt has no place in it. Um, I get that. I, I totally get that. Yeah. I think he also says something, though, about how he believed the characters, yep. right? He said, he was like, I think they were believable. Yep. Like, that was what so that sold it a bit. It was just the whole, everything else was just not working, but they, like, he believed them. And I had to, I give that to him, too. Like, I believe these people. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah. they're not caricatures. That's what makes you be able to sit through it. Yep. But I agree with him, too, about the sequence of violence. It's the same thing with uh, rape revenge 100%. movies. You know, it's like this idea like, oh, it's empowering for women, but why do we need a gratuitous rape scene to get to an empowering woman moment? So I get that. Boom. Boom. Say say that one louder. <laughs> I feel like that's that's still happening. That's still happening in like 2024. I hate those. And I'm just like, there's nothing. Imp- I don't care if she gets them at the end or whatever. It's not empowering. No. It's a movie that's for entertainment. You can't expect someone's like, I need to see this scene to get like, no, we don't need to go. Yeah, there. I need I need to know how bad it was. So when yeah. he gets stabbed at the end yeah, or whatever, no, that it we was, don't yeah, need no, it. No. But you and it is surprising that it is such a debate on whether or not that it's ne- those scenes are necessary. You know? I think there's other ways for a woman to show character besides uh, sexual assault. Being brutalized. <laughs> Maybe just, <laughs> maybe just think with, about it. I mean, and it's also controversial to say even like just like this scene. I get, I totally agree with him on that. But we have it so that sometimes certain movies don't win awards unless black people get brutalized. Yep. You know, and yeah. it's like, wait a minute, like that's how we have to show our strength and our resilience when that, like, you know. And I, I don't like those either. Of a lot of the time, I'm like, there's a way to do that without it being. I remember I got, oh my gosh, I put out a video about that movie, the series, They, yep. or Them, or whatever. Oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't stand that movie. It don't matter. That show, that series. <laughs> and I, 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 I sat through the whole season because they sent me the advance. And no. I was like, okay, cool. And by like the third, I was like, oh, heck no. I was like, what's this for? The, the like, shaky camera looked like. Those white men at when uh my guy was like hanging up the laundry and then like they're like you know berating him while he's hanging up the laundry the camera gets all shaky and it's like he's these white people hate him so much it's it's so but you much. had people but you, the thing problem was I had people in my comments who were fellow black people and they were just like oh you're a sellout you don't get that people need to see this. And things like that. And I'm like, why do we need to see us being brutalized? And I'm like, if a white person has to see me being brutalized to humanize me, I don't want it. (laughs) Like, it takes that much for you to see me as human. I got to suffer first. We got to teach them through our suffering. Like, I want to go to the movies, too. I'm I'm sitting here right next to you at the theater. (laughs) Like, I don't want to see that. Oh, are you having a good lesson? I'm I'm glad. I did you learn something? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? That's as what black people. That's as black people. That's exactly what we should do at the end of like all like race movies. We should just stand up and ask the nearest white person. Now, what did you us, learn? 
Exactly. So we have the survey ready. We're just going to pass it around and uh, gonna... <laughs> let us know. Hey, is that your pencils? <laughs> Jamal, three, did you bring the pencils? Three fifths a man? Three fifths a man still? Or five five? Okay. <laughs> well, let's get down to our absolute favorite, Amazon.com. Out of five stars. Wait, there's a thing on there? Oh, oh yeah. I didn't even know they did oh. ratings. Oh, yes. Welcome to our world. Out of five stars. <laughs> what do you think Betrayed Oh, this is new. Currently I has. can't even imagine. Because someone paid to rent it or something. Or in some cases, right. bought the DVD. <laughs> oh, no, it's high then. Is it one through five? Yep. And there's points, okay. so it could be better than something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four stars. Four stars. Three and a half stars. Three and a half. Three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. Yes. That is very optimistic of you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm say this... I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray that it's lower than a four point five. I'm gonna say four point four. Four point four. Oh man! Oh, what is it? But oh, it's, God! It's, but I mean, it it looks like four and a half stars out of five when you look at it on the thing. But it's four point four, sixty nine percent, five stars. My favorite review <laughs> from two thousand and twenty one. So somebody wow. watched this movie very recently. Great story is the title. This movie affected me so deeply that I became her. I had the worst nightmare ever. They knew who I was and were chasing me. <laughs> I became her. Self-insert. See, that's what I told you. I said, make it a love story. Women, certain women will love this movie. Lights come up in the theater, just like a single tear coming out of yeah. her eyes. I was... Like, I there. felt her I pain. There. I felt her... her like, I am that know, little... I was that little girl. I was that little girl in Midwestern Illinois who was just raised by the wrong people. She wanted him to be a good man. It's just I, yuck, yuck, wow. yuck, all of it, yuck. So, is it on Letterbox? It is on Letterbox. I can look it up for you. Um, I am interested because that's becoming all the craze. Yeah, let's. That's true. These are and these are what Letterbox is only like three, four years old. Yeah. So these are like also new views. Yeah. I'll look that up for you. That's also the funny thing about Letterbox. It's like these are like all the Letterbox conversations are like this is only the past three four years y'all had yeah. these feelings. So mm -hmm. I, you got to take that with like a grain of you, um, know, that. you guys are going to have to help me because I'm I'm still a little new to Letterbox. It looks like it's a three point two out of five. I guess I, I is that the star system is it out of five. Yeah, they so. they do like the average. Yeah, and it's got. Uh, thirty-three percent, six hundred ninety-nine of the ratings are three stars. So, three point two. Yeah. Yep, it's three point two out of two thousand. Mm. Yep. Wow. Some of these reviews, people are mm. Cameron Mason. I didn't sleep with him. I made love to him. The him stated above is a Christian <laughs> nationalist white supremacist. Well. <laughs> One and a half stars. Come for me. Yeah, no. From a Cameron Mason. One and a half stars for you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come find me on Letterboxd, by the way. Some Someone said, uh, had never heard of this one until the suspense is killing me. Us, 
podcast where I've covered it for their, the craziest part, and there's a lot of crazy-ish in this film, is how well it's aged as the story of an FBI agent getting in too deep with a clan of white supremacy terrorists. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Some of these people are really into it. I, you know, do you, I guess, <laughs> is, is the message we have. That's, uh, that's your review. Yeah. That's your letterbox review. Do you, I yeah. guess. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into to our Calcastity ranking scale. Chauncey, we have three levels of Calcastity for you to choose from. First level of Calcastity, being in California, I don't know if you see this as much but over here on the east coast it is winter time and our first level is shorts in the winter which is <laughs> you know it it's it's always bizarre to me it's happening it's happening but it's like every time i see it happen i think i'm more and more taken aback maybe just because we've been doing this show but it's just like there's always new like variations of it where it's like shorts but like full north face jacket and like knit beanie or like shorts yeah and like but and they're always it's never you're never running right like it's never exercise it's never like oh i can i can understand maybe why because you might heat up a bit when you're you know running or exercising you're just walking around doing everyday activities in shorts last what two three weeks ago there was snow on the ground still doing it Still, so <laughs> this is still doing it habitually habitually doing it. doing it and and this level is this isn't hurting me i just have questions you know what i mean I, it's a curiosity <laughs> i'm wondering what's happening what what made you look out the window see snow and say let's just put those pants away pull out these tommy bahamas and <laughs> just walk about my day you know so not 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 you know hurtful or anything that's that's necessarily terribly offensive but just a lot of questions cam what's the second level uh the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair so at this point this movie has crossed crossed over and as now you know probably didn't ask you about your hair your texture or whatever just knuckle already knuckled deep wants to know about you and at that point it's a it's a violence right it's like a definitely an attack definitely an assault but you know nothing you gotta go to court over nothing no 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 bloodshed you know and and at this point this the movie is like you know it's antagonistic but it's not like you know a full problem um our final level of caucasity final level i i was kind of out of touch with what white people were up to uh but I, I think I've settled on one that is is a perfect encapsulation of this movie as well, and that is they have they have finally turned on their own in Taylor Swift and are now fully attacking her as the ultimate symbol of everything wrong with America. Uh oh, all yeah. of the yep. right wing pundits have decided to go like Everything from she's like a deep state psyop that's like been planted to um, it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I've seen it too. Like yeah, it, like this was all a plan. Biden had this plan the whole time, and like now it's coming to fruition. To you know, she was she was led astray by you know certain people who have gotten to her and like turned her against us. <laughs> she was bamboozled. Yeah, she used to be one of us, and then she 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 left us to you know join the enemy but 
They're begging her not to release the album on Fox News. They're saying, just please, please, Taylor, don't put it out. Please. So weird. But it's, I mean, it's, it's so strange. It is, it is akin to this movie where, again, that white womanhood does you a lot of good until you do the thing that they don't like. And then you're everything that they hate. And then they turn on you yeah. immediately. And not just, immediately. yeah, not just in like a, well, what a silly thing to do, but like, I hope you die. You know what I mean, it goes from like, like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> um, and it's it's one of those things that's just picking up more and more steam with just like the craziest outlets and craziest channels and craziest people. So you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see Betrayed Two, where uh, you know, beloved pop star <laughs> <laughs> goes undercover uh, to infiltrate some Proud Boys situation but (laughs) the third level but that is that is it's 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 them telling on themselves right like full stop like this is a situation where you're not even trying to hide it we know exactly what's going on you're brazen about it you're you're happy that people can see all of this bigotry and hatred that you're spewing so out of those three levels what do you think betrayed deserves um Honestly, just because of like we were saying, like the history of the filmmaker and stuff like that, I'm going to go with maybe a little bit above level one. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he had good intentions. Um, And if the black FBI agent wasn't there, I'd probably go to two a bit harder. But because he Mm -hmm. had him Mm -hmm. there talking truth and he let him take out west the most violent one he had the like all all the irony a black guy took yeah. you out like i just facts, there was facts. there were things that he was putting there he was he was sliding some stuff in yeah. there so i'm gonna go with like one i'm actually gonna say one okay i was gonna say is that we're talking like what shorts, what, 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 shorts in the winter yeah. like ah uh, maybe you should put on some pants yeah. but also i understand that you know Temperature is different for everybody. So, <laughs> like, and I get that you got right. what you do it. You showing you how you got to show you. And I think the movie did that. <laughs> uh, Cameron, what about you? I think I have to agree. I think I, I think you you turned me right here. Uh, I was I was going to say like kind of a little bit of like a two point five. You know, because this movie is definitely like caustic. It is definitely trying to like ruffle feathers. That whole shock jock opening is oh kind of wild, honestly, because it's like a, a total mislead. You you think you're getting into like that movie, yeah. like like talk radio or something like that, which also that movie is also based on the same killing. Um, but you think you're in for a movie like that, and then you get what the movie you get isn't even like that. And then the politics of that second movie aren't even the same politics of like that first sequence. So you're doing a little bit of like you know jujitsu in your head a little mental jujitsu trying to like align yourself with what this movie is trying to say to you um but in the end it it does happen to be like a a sort of decent messaging if not muddled yeah so i yeah i think i'm saying like yeah 1.5 shout out costa gavras for you know trying to be slick in america he was trying (laughs) he was trying to be slick (laughs) yeah i'm i'm still a little torn there's a moment in the movie where i think it's when um she's talking to the black fbi agent for the first time and she's going down all the list of things 
And he's like, oh, his, you know, his dog's even named Ronald Reagan, for goodness sakes. And the black FBI agent is like, well, at least there's one good thing about him. And I was like, this movie's a two. <laughs> Just based off that line. Oh, oh. But then he shoots the... Black guy voted for Reagan. What? Black. Right. But then he shoots the, the white supremacist. And I'm like, oh, you know, like... And he said it was terrific. <laughs> that he felt terrific. You know, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth. I think ultimately I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that goes to two. Uh, only if only for the fact that like as a movie ultimately I'm left wondering like so you know her whole big her whole big thing at the end of the movie and I think the end is really the biggest issue with everything because it's like she goes back to the FBI and she quits but she's like we'll never beat them you know they're always going to be around they're they're infiltrated everything like oh, they'll never yeah, find a body is, it's pointless for us to even like try to stop white supremacy I guess <laughs> and, then, <laughs> uh, and then like goes back to try to rescue the girl like I was confused did she think that the girl was going to come with her like she went to the house like two children would still be there alone because their dad is dead <laughs> their mom is dead she was gonna lone wolf and coven she was gonna lone wolf and cover she was gonna like come with me yeah, and the girl was thinking about it she was like maybe nah, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah it was just kind of a weird confused like delivery of the message at the very end where i mean obviously like we said before do you i guess but like i it, it felt like you needed to have more of a definitive statement of like yes you know this is a problem and this is an issue you know maybe maybe but maybe we need to take another route like maybe just like arresting them all maybe isn't gonna work because there's always gonna be more cells and things like that we need to start working at like an information campaign or something like that to try to like disrupt these networks that they have going on and said it, it kind of was just like i guess this is america <laughs> just keep this going um very real though in a way and also kind of real yeah. with how her choosing to kind of be kind of well my hands are up, yeah you know like isn't that what some people choose right. it's like i can't fight it so i'm gonna go do something else right i like, mean okay. that is some a large us, white response yeah like, some of us can't tap talk. out and be like i'll just stop thinking about rambo. that was the thing i i, I was at least <laughs> i was at least glad she didn't like go back rambo style to like <laughs> the compound and like you know they <laughs> shot that ending though they shot that ending probably um Takes off her, takes off her little <laughs> rag tags and just. <sighs> no, 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 that's. And then we all woke up. <laughs> yeah, there just for me there just was there was a bit too much of the exploitative element to it and like not enough of that. I don't I don't know what the message has to be or if you're gonna but like if you're gonna do this movie maybe <laughs> decide beforehand what you're trying to say instead of just because like you were saying Chauncey mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that there was a, a initial movie pitched and then they were like yeah but what if Let, <laughs> hey check this out you know? <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they're like oh, okay yeah um well chance we want to thank you so much for joining us and we thank want to you. ask because this you have uh, an upcoming docuseries coming out tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about it and, and tell people where they can find it all the information we need 
Yeah, well, I have an upcom- upcoming uh, documentary series called Production Tales from Hell. And basically, it deals with all of the uh, fire and brimstone that some of your favorite horror movies had to go through before they reached the big screen and some of the uh, chaos that may have happened after it hit the big screen. So we have uh, the first season coming up. I uh, wrote, uh, I'm the writer and host on this, and it is produced by Dead Meat Production. The uh, Dead Meat channel, people might know from The Kill Count, has 6 million subscribers, they're one of the biggest uh, horror horror uh, uh, YouTube channels on there. And uh, James and Chelsea, who are uh, the producers over there, are helping to are producing uh, production Tales from Hell. And it's been something that's been in the thoughts to happen for a few years now. And, you know, things happen with the world. <laughs> but now that we're out of it, it's coming to fruition. It uh, The first episode premieres March 10th. Uh, and that first episode uh, will be, I don't know if I can say what movie it's going to be, mm. but uh, the first episode is going to be March 10th. It's going to be five episodes. And uh, yeah, it's I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for people to see it. I love history. I love film. I love storytelling. And there's a bit of all of that in there. And also kind of paying homage to um, what goes into, like we were talking about earlier, what goes into filmmaking from all angles. I, I honestly believe the crew are the, like the heart of Hollywood, the people who yeah. have to deal with a lot of the things on set. <laughs> and I try to pay a True lot say. of, um, a lot of giving a lot of flowers to that as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm just really excited about that and hopefully people like it. So we get a season two. So, well, can you give, give people, Maybe not necessarily from the series, because I don't want you to spoil any movies for people. Um, but if you had to recommend, if you just had to recommend a horror movie for people to watch to kind of get in the zone, in the space for this series, is there one that you would tell people to check out? Definitely ones that people think are classics, you know, whether it be like we were talking about Candyman and others, uh, Poltergeist. Uh, you know, one of the things of starting with, um, the first season deals with a lot of older films that really just kind of, uh, kind of set the tone ones that won awards, Mm -hmm. things like that. A little bit more in the mainstream zeitgeist, whether people even watched it or not, but they know you, you might not even have watched those movies, but you know about them and you know what's associated with them. So kind of those kind of things, like I'm saying, I'm thinking seventies, eighties, some of my favorite era of horror films are the seventies and the eighties. So I would definitely say lean into some seventies and eighties, good horror, uh, classic horror. And you'd probably stumble upon a couple of the movies that we're going to be covering for season one. Um, Cameron, do you have anything to recommend to people this week? Uh, a movie to recommend. Oh man, you catch me on the spot. Uh, I, uh, I I would say the last thing I saw, but it's like there's like no black people in it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one black dude in it. It was Keith David, and he got shot in his like second scene Oops. in the movie. I can't do that oh, to man. him. Um, <laughs> let me see. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, I am the Blipster eleven thirty eight on uh, Twitter and IG as long as those things are still around. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I recommend this on the last episode? I don't think I did. Um, I saw recently the Spanish film Society of the Snow. 
I don't know if anybody saw this. This is on Netflix, uh, recent Netflix release. Um, it's actually the Spanish um, entry for uh, best international feature film this year at the okay. Oscars. It's nominated. Uh, it's a story about a Argentinian uh, soccer team that has to, in order to start their uh, start their practice, they have to go to Chile and they have to fly over the Andes Mountains. And the it's a true story of how the plane crashed and there were like 40 people on the flight and it ended up dwindling down to like 17 survived or like 19 survived total. And the storytelling is amazing. This is probably, <clears throat> sorry, this is probably the best use of uh, the volume technology since I've, since like the Mandalorian, where you really feel like you're on the mountain. Yeah. It looks like they shot the thing right in the center of the mountain and they use this creative technology of like actually going up the mountain and filming a lot of the surface, uh, the surfaces in that section of the mountain. Then they went back, used that in the volume and like turned that uh, studio into like a frozen studio, kind of like combination of the Mandalorian and uh, what Tarantino did on Hateful Eight. And while used to like great effect, this is probably one of the craziest survival stories I've ever seen. Um, so definitely check that one out. And great performances throughout and, you know, just very well made. Nice. Uh, Chauncey, do you want to drop your, your socials real quick for everyone? Sure. I yes, am on I am on uh, t- t- Twitter or X <laughs> or whatever you're calling it under. <laughs> it ain't X. If his mama call him Twitter, he's Twitter. <laughs> yes. Miss Chauncey K-R, M-S Chauncey K-R on there and i'm also on um instagram under miss chauncey k without the r um yeah those are my two that i'm i'm mainly on there and you can catch uh a lot of my um reviews my official reviews they go up on rotten tomatoes and also the cherry picks um i'll i'll do a quick recommendation because if you have the criterion channel i'm sure you have seen maybe the best collection they've put together since the channel has been created and that is the cat movies <laughs> collection they have which has how did i know you were some say incredible <laughs> films like legitimately incredible because they have movies like Actually, like the yes. long goodbye and um other movies like that but then they have a movie that i would recommend everybody watch it's called the cat it's a hong kong movie the only thing i'm going to tell you is that there is an extended karate fight sequence between a cat and a dog. Go watch this movie. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan. Thank you so much. And with that, you can find me... Cut to me in 12 minutes watching this movie. (laughs) You can find me on on Twitter and Instagram at jrsosa18. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at white underscore pod, and you can also email us at whitepeoplewontsaveypod at gmail.com. We'll be back in two more weeks with more of this caucasity. But until then, peace. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.